0: Welcome to the Odessa First Assembly Podcast. I'm Tony, the Digital Ministry Manager here at OFA, and we're excited to have you join us for our new sermon series, Proverbs, God's Wisdom for Living. Throughout this series, we'll be diving into the book of Proverbs to explore the timeless wisdom that God has provided us for living our lives to the fullest. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and empowered by God's Word as we journey through Proverbs together. Without further ado... Here's Pastor Todd
1: Starnes with today's message from Proverbs, God's wisdom for living. Well, we're starting a new series this morning. I'm excited about it. About the, it's it's going to be a very practical series, but I think it's needed in our culture, our time, and uh, today. And it's just based on Proverbs. We're going to go over the next few weeks. We're just going to over, go over some of the wisdom that we find in Proverbs. And so, if you want to go ahead and turn there, Proverbs chapter one. And uh, we'll open in prayer, and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning, Lord, just for your work in our hearts. And I just pray once again that our hearts just be good soil, ready to receive your word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't know if uh, uh, how, you know, the sayings you know or things like that, but I was just kind of thinking about that. So if you know... How these sayings go, I want you to fill in the blank. And so maybe it's just some wisdom that some of us grew up with. Maybe we heard our parents or grandparents use often. But maybe you're familiar with some of these. One of them is, if any job is worth doing, it's what? It's worth doing well. If any job is worth doing, it's worth doing well. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Hope for the best prepare a plan for the worst actions speak louder than you're see Nathan's with me I don't y'all y'all know these right I mean these everybody should know this stuff there's no such thing as a free lunch there's no such thing as a free lunch beggars can't be oh y'all know that one in the This is one you may not know, but uh, it's something I grew up hearing all the time. In the kingdom of blind men, do y'all know nobody? Do you know that one, Nathan? In the kingdom of blind men, the one-eyed king, the one-eyed man is king. Um, The saying that uh, uh, how good you think you are is relative. But I also think about you know I I grew up a redneck. my, my mom's from Kentucky and her family, my dad Mississippi, uh, and then I married into a, a family that my in-laws, both of them grew up as in, in farmer families, and so there's all kinds of sayings when you get around those kind of people. And so uh, maybe you've heard some of these, being as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs, anybody ever heard that one? Or... Uh, This is one I may have, may or not have heard my grandfather say about some of my friends pretty often. That boy is about as sharp as a cue ball. Anybody? Am I the one that's heard these? Or he might have said if his brains were dynamite, he couldn't blow his nose. Or uh, when I say often, is hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit. You ever feel that way in life sometimes? You know, you ever try to get a hair? No, never try to get. Okay. So, what's the point of all this? Well, here's the deal when it comes to Proverbs and how it relates to us and the importance of Proverbs, I believe, is that wise Christians and wise churches are attractive. We're living in a time, it seems like, where common sense is really low, that wisdom is really low, that just uh, wisdom how to live life. It's like, I mean, it's really a wonder sometimes how people are making it through this life. Uh, there's been things this last couple of weeks, something I've said, probably more than I, I should have said or wish i said, but it's like, you know, something will happen. It's like, man, our, our species is doomed, You know, when it comes to what it seems like, you know, some people's wisdom and how they're they're living life. And when we look at Proverbs, what we need to know is this, is I believe the church and believers can live in a way that even in the middle of the chaotic world that we live in, that people can look and see wisdom inside of us and that attract them kind of like a magnet. I, and I would encourage you over the next. 30, I know we started the, B, the the Bible reading plan. We have those on the desk, They're, uh, the information desk. They help you read through the Bible in a year. I mean, twelve minutes a day, you can read the Bible in a year. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And so, and that being said. I, something I try to do is several times a year, I know I've said this before, is I, I'm constantly reading through the book of Proverbs. It is one of my favorite books, and there's 31 chapters that so you can read one for every day, and sometimes when we think, when we start something at the beginning, it seems really daunting, and, uh, but you know the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Now, you're going to, you, you'll get on board with me, so... So let's look at this really quick about Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to begin this morning, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. It says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, the king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. And so right at the beginning, it tells us this whole book, the book of Proverbs, have been compiled together. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom, discipline, and help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge, and discernment to the young. And listen, verse 5, it, it includes everybody. And let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning of these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and the riddles. Then we get to verse 7. Verse 7 is really the key to the entire book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so, write this very quickly three things that we find the purpose of Proverbs. Three things. One is to teach wisdom. One is to teach wisdom. Two is to teach discipline. So, we have wisdom to teach discipline, and three, to teach common sense. To teach wisdom, to teach discipline. To teach common sense, and when you go through the proverbs, when it when it says about instruction, that's kind of what it's talking about—is us bringing in that common sense that Scripture brings us. Wisdom we know is more than IQ; it's more than brains; it's more than morals; it's it's more than just memorizing the whole Bible. It but wisdom is something. That as we understand life and how life works, it can really help us and guide us. You know, one scripture tells us in Psalms that His word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, and that's what wisdom brings us to apply the things of God Scripture into our daily life. You know, one of the verses I, um, I well, let's just look at it, uh, Exodus chapter thirty-five and verse thirty-one. This is one of the men that was involved in, in building the tabernacle. But in Exodus 35, 31, I find this verse so fascinating. It says, the Lord has filled Bezel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. Something I, you know, uh, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, all the years I spent at camp, uh, you know, so, I don't know, maybe you are in that book or in that realm, but uh, you know, being a jack of all trades but master of none. And, but the thing is is that here we see in Scripture there's this guy, and God had given him great wisdom and great ability and expertise in all kinds of things. And that's what, I, that's what Proverbs helps us to do. Proverbs helps us to not just gain book knowledge, but how to apply it into our life. We see this picture of Exodus thirty-five and this wisdom. What it's talking about when you read Proverbs one, when you look at Exodus thirty-five, that wisdom. You know, the English language. Uh, you know, the translators have done the best they could to bring things of of the ancient languages into our modern day language. But the the image we really should have is someone with wisdom is almost like an artist as they're painting a painting. I mean that's the beauty of wisdom, and we in, and, and the proverbs tells us that that there is wisdom in that beauty. And so number one is this: wisdom understands how real life works. Wisdom understands how real life works. I Me mean, as I was having a conversation, and maybe just uh, yesterday about you know us beginning in life and first getting married. You know probably how ne- naive we were, <laughs> you know when we first got married to. Where we are now, but wisdom understands how life works, and the way you gain that wisdom is by living life, but also being a sponge to those around you. Wisdom knows better than to. Uh, tomorrow is a significant game for any football fans. We have right is TC isn't that tomorrow night? Is that TCU and um, who's that other school? Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, but you know, as they're preparing for. For that football game, I mean, it's like, you know, you just don't, just having, knowing the rules and regulations of a of football isn't going to make you a great football coach or a football player. I mean, you need to know the rules. You need to know what it takes to, um, you know, workouts and stamina. You need to know, you know, have some insight on what it is to ride a play. You got to have more than just knowing about the game. And so when we're talking about wisdom, there's two important things about wisdom. And one is there is a perceiving wisdom. There is a perceiving wisdom. And perceiving wisdom, John 16, 13 kind of opens this up to us. It says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but tell you what He has heard. He will tell you even about the future. But this is one of the works, of one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit to illuminate God's truth and wisdom to us, and that is something that can only be done by the Lord. And we as believers, listen, we need to, we need to uh, have some maturity in our spiritual life and grow in our spiritual life where we can read between the lines when it comes to life. Now, when we're looking at culture, when we're looking at society, we need to have a perceptive truth at what's happening around us. And what, the way we gain that, the way we receive that, is through the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. There's also an acting wisdom, and that's acting out in wisdom. I, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, because I think it really opens more to what this verse is telling us. But Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 out of the Amplified says this, "...behave yourselves wisely." And then it gives us those parentheses that kind of gives a greater meaning to the word wisely, which is living prudently and with discretion. And your relations with those who are outside the world, the non-Christians, making the very most of the time and seizing the opportunity, buying up the opportunity. And so, yes, this is directed towards how we live life and how the unchurched sees us, but it tells, still says behave yourselves wisely act in a way that is wise if you didn't know prudence or being prudent is acting in a way with thought and care about the future are you following me so if we're going to act wisely we need to act in a way that is carefully thinking about what the future holds there's also discretion This wisely, behave yourselves wisely. Discretion is the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way of causing offense or revealing private information. We are living in a culture that, uh, you know what? I mean, anybody with a smartphone or keyboard can blast whatever thought they have on social media or TikTok or make a video. I'm gonna tell you if... If you're, if you're finding your wisdom through some social influencer on social media, there are smarter places to find your wisdom. <laughs> Did I say that delicate enough? <laughs> um, so we behave and speak in a ways to avoid causing offense. Listen. Um, well, I'll get there in just a minute. And so, whenever we're facing any kind of situation, so how does this perceiving wisdom and this acting—how does it come together? How does it help us? And it's really four simple steps. And I, I champion these steps. I talk about this all the time in, in different conversations. I've, I've preached in different ways about these steps, but I just want to give them to you because I think, if not anything else, this sermon will help you. This part will. And so I believe that whenever we go through life and we're, we're confronted with circumstance, we're confronted with situations, with decisions that we have to make. And so many times what happens is we react instead of we respond. I mean, if, I, you know, the last time I had my yearly physical, I, I can't, matter of fact, I can't remember the last time I sat at the doctor's table and they used that little hammer thing and checked my reflexes. Um, do anybody, does anybody remember that? I, I I remember that they used to do that. I don't know if they really do that anymore, but they you know they find that place in your knee and they hit it. You know your knee kind of involuntary That's that's reaction. And whenever circumstance or stuff or or turmoil or whatever it may be, so there, we, to act in an unwise way is to react. And what we need to do is. Respond. Responding is completely different than being just a reaction, involuntary. But it's 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 something that is planned out. It's something that's thought out. And so, how do we do that? One is you simply pause. As you pause, whenever you're confronted with something, just pause. And because of our culture, you know, it's pretty amazing that people really we have this uh, um, we have this expectation. Because everybody's got their cell phone in their pocket. When somebody sends a text message or call, I mean, you know, it's, not, it's two minutes later and they're like, man, they hadn't, they hadn't responded to my message. They hadn't, they hadn't responded. None of you are in the room, right? If you've ever texted me, I've probably tried your patience. <laughs> uh, you know, three months later, I'll see a text message. Oh, no, oh, I didn't see that, you know, and I'll respond. <laughs> But we have this almost this demand of, of people to respond, and it, it really overtakes us. It, it, when we're confronted with a circumstance, listen, you don't, have to re- you don't have to react right away. You can wait, and you can respond. You can wait, and you can respond. And then, when you're pausing, you can pray. When you're pausing, you can pray. We take everything to God. We take everything to the Lord. What is one of our key things here? Pray first. Before you do anything else, you're going to pray. And then you plan, and then you prepare. But you can't, don't plan and prepare until you've paused and prayed. Some of those difficult conversations that need to happen, sometimes you have to pause, you have to pray, and you've got to process things out. Number two is this. We make progress in wisdom to the extent that we are teachable. We make progress in wisdom. We grow in wisdom to the extent that we are teachable. Everybody say teachable with me. Say teachable. We have to be teachable. I mean, to the point that you become unteachable, you will stop growing in wisdom. I know that... uh, uh, you, know, um, you know, just, just because you know, the, the, <laughs> the smartest person in the room sometimes is, uh, you know, well, the most opinionated person in the room doesn't always mean they're the smartest person in the room. And sometimes we just need to pause, we need to process, and we need to receive and be teachable. So how are we teachable The first thing is that we need to be humble. And the Proverbs speak to this, Proverbs 12, uh, 26, 12. There is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. I mean, process that proverb for just a moment. There is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. And so humility is a starting point for teachability. And so a humble person, yes, you're aware of your weaknesses, You're conscious of blind spots, you're slow to speak, you own your own failures, you consider others above yourself, you give, pre- I mean, all the one another's through Scripture, there's so many of them of giving preference to one another. Ask for feed- feedback, even when it's not offered, but to have something of humility, and not a false humility, I think sometimes we think we can, you know, it's not about demeaning ourselves or beating ourselves down. I mean, like I pointed out before, Moses wrote Exodus, and yet in Exodus he wrote that Moses was the most humble person on the planet. And that should give us an idea that maybe we don't fully understand what humility is. But to be humble means to be teachable. Also actively seeking wisdom. We want to actively seek wisdom. There's Proverbs about this as well. Getting wisdom, Proverbs 4, 7 and 9. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. What's the wisest thing you can do? Get wisdom. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So whatever you do, get wisdom. Actively seek wisdom. And if you're going to do something else, then get some common sense. Verse 8 If you prize wisdom, she'll make you great. If you want to be great, what are you going to do? You're going to prize wisdom. Embrace her and she'll honor you. Verse 9, she will place a lovely wreath on your head. She'll present you with a beautiful crown. Proverbs 4.13, the same chapter a few verses later. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them for they are the key to life. Wisdom doesn't come by accident. It's something that we have to actively pursue. That means take time reflecting. That means takes time reading books and listening to wise teachers and saying no to things that hinder the pursuit of wisdom. If he hadn't stepped out, I'd have him. Actually, I would have had him talk about it. But Chase, a lot of our college students went to Salt this last weekend. Last weekend was that that last weekend. And one of the things Chase came home talking about was one of his sessions. Is a guy talking about that when you when you entertain yourself when you just watch a lot of TV and have a lot of screen time that it shuts off the creative part of your brain. And the really to awaken the creative part of your brain is to read is to actually read books and, and to read, read fiction and, and read the Bible. And that it'll open up the creative part of your brain. I mean, look, at I'm in mean, our society. We're walking around like zombies. Right? Am I too much on a soapbox right now? <laughs> And so we need to seek wisdom and so maybe cut out some things that hinder our pursuit of wisdom. The person who pursues wisdom, I mean, looks intentionally in what you read, mentors, courses, podcasts. You memorize scripture. I mean, I, you know, the thing is how the Lord uses and the Holy Spirit uses scripture in our hearts is absolutely amazing. You know, it, it is, it never fails that even a verse I may have memorized years and years ago that I really don't think about that often or I've completely forgot about, I'll be in the middle of a crisis or circumstance or situation or a prayer and all of a sudden that scripture will come up out of my heart. There, there's something about memorizing God's word that brings us that wisdom. Ask questions for others for clarity and understanding instead of jumping to conclusions. Asking others for help When needed, grow in critical thinking. There's also this one is the next thing is learn from the right teachers. Learn from the right teachers. There's a couple of proverbs that talk about this. Proverbs 13 20. Walk in the wise and become wise. So if you want to become wise, who do you want to walk with? The wise people associate with fools and what get in trouble. I, so I, I, uh, growing up, um, you know, I was, you know, I was, I was all boy and we were pretty, um, can, uh, yeah, cantankerous maybe. And, uh, you know, um, man, I, I was, I don't know why this popped in my memory, but I, it was, I can't remember how old we were. We had to be in elementary school. And there was this broken down. There was this truck my, behind my grandparents' house. There, there was this yard, this shopping, and this truck had been sitting there for a long time. And you know, I don't know why we did this, but you know, we're kind of all sitting around bored as a summer, I believe. And you know, one of my so you know, we got our BB guns out, and I'm like, hey, let's go to shoot that truck and see what to do to a truck. And they're all like, okay, <laughs> you know. And so we all start shooting this truck with our BB guns, right? And, I mean, just, you know, mess up the whole side of it. Well, for some reason, the guy that owned that truck came and got it that day. And, I mean, yeah, the law was called. Oh, yeah, it was, it was great. And so, you know, we have our little huddle, you know, nobody's going to dime out anybody, you know. No, and, you know, and, and, of course, we're all, so they take us in one by one. They're talking to us. And um, it was me, it was me, my cousin, two of their friends. And uh, one of my friends, we knew he would crack. We knew he would break. And, and they had already talked, to all, the three of me and my cousin and another friend, and we we're sitting out there outside and we're like, we got this. This is as long as Doug does not crack. We're okay. And, of course, Doug just spills the beans, you know. And, uh, but when you're around foolish people, you'll do foolish things. If you want to do wise things, then be around wise people. If you want to be wise, be around, be around the right teachers. But the Scripture says, don't associate fools or get in trouble. Proverbs 12, 26, the godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Scripture must always be our trusted teacher. The, another thing is this, receive correction as a blessing. Receive correction as a blessing. A blessing Listen, when somebody speaks truth into your life, quit getting offended. Don't let that be your reaction. but pause, pray, process what's been spoken into your life. I mean even in church today and I mean that's not our culture, but we, we're living in a, a time where it's so difficult to speak in the people's life, Look, I mean, they they're, they're cocked with a hair trigger. Hey, y'all are really quiet this morning. Is this okay? <laughs> Receiving correction as a blessing. The and scripture tells us Proverbs 15:31, if you listen to constructive criticism, you'll be at home among the who? The wise. The wise. Proverbs 17.10, a single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. God disciplines those that he loves. God disciplines those that he loves. And I wanna, we're going we're gonna to transition. I, I want to read. I, I don't have it on the screen for you, I don't think. But it's Proverbs in our text. I want to read verses 3 through 6. I'm going to read it out of the message. I'm going to read out the message, and it says this. A manual for living, learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality. There's something here also for seasoned men and women, still a thing or two for the experienced to learn. Fresh wisdom, a probe, and, and, and penetrate the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. And so we see it's just, not, it's just not for the young, it's just not for the old, it's for all of us. It's just not for the smart or maybe those that are still learning, but wisdom is for all of us to continue in and to keep growing in. Proverbs 1, 7, and then we get to this. This verse, this verse is really the key to the entire book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools the spies wisdom and discipline. C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, In God you come against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud, You cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. That's a powerful quote from C.S. Lewis. And so what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is a reverent awe. The fear of the Lord is not being scared of God or afraid of God, but it's a reverent all. It's being at all of God's power. It's being in all of his majesty. It's being all, in all of his authority. It's being all of his holiness. And I think maybe the power of that word, of being at all, you know, I, you know, I grew up in a time Um, you know, where we said things like radical, you know, radical dude, you know, whatever. And one of those words, our goat, was awesome. And, you know, everything was awesome. Everything was awesome. Everything was awesome. And awesome means full of all. And to understand the fear of the Lord, we have to regain what it is to be in awe of God again. I mean, this God who created the heavens and the earth, this God who measures a span of the universe by the span of his hand, from his thumb to his pinky, this God who with his spoken word in six days created the heavens and the earth, that he fashioned man from the dust of the ground, that he had a plan before a plan was needed because he knew the fall of man was going to happen, that translates to thousands of years later that we would know salvation, that nothing takes him by surprise, that he is sovereign. We need to regain our awe for God. And when we regain that ever and all for God, it leads us to a place of understanding and wisdom and knowledge. I mean, listen, I, I know that some of us may have grown up in an era or a time where, I mean, we did one thing wrong. You know, we thought that God was going to send lightning from heaven, and it was over, man. I mean, you know, listen, we got to find a balance in the way that we live life. And that's the way we grow spiritually. Because see, God is equal in all of his attributes. And yes, scripture tells us that God is love. I mean, we read that. It's a powerful verse. We read verses like, for God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son. We, I mean, we see so much of God's love. And listen, I, I, I know that God loves me. I, I think if we were to see ourselves the way that God sees us, it would truly transform and change our life. Because we sometimes we don't have an accurate view of who we are and I mean, you need to know who you are in Christ, that he has redeemed you and he has made you holy. He has, he, 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 uh, has redeemed you. He's, he's justified you. He's sanctified you. And all of those are beautiful things. But listen to me. God is as equal in justice and judgment as he is love. If he wasn't, then he wouldn't be God. You see, me, me and you, I would dare say that our, our emotions... Ebb and flow, right? Husbands, do not elbow your wives right now. That would be a bad. We start better together, love and respect Wednesdays. But he is equal in all of them, and that's what makes him God. He's equal in all of it. Knowing God and understanding his character means understanding his love, but also understanding his justice and his holiness. See, fearing the Lord means to be in awe of His holiness. Our God is a holy God. Our God is a holy God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And so we've got to have that holiness at work in us. I do not believe that what defines holiness is 100% on what we see on the outside with some rules and regulations. I believe it's the circumcision of the heart. But I also know that what God is doing on the inside of me is going to be seen on the outside of me because of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We're getting warmed up now. I'm preaching really good right now. Are you still with me? Fearing the Lord means to be in awe of His holiness. The Bible tells us, Psalm 33, 8, and 9, let, the, let all of the earth fear, have that reverent fear of the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him, for He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. I mean, to understand the fear of the Lord, we have to have an awe for God. We have to understand He's equal and all of His attributes. And that awe of the Lord, number three is this, if you're following along and filling in your blanks, the fear of the Lord causes believers to place their faith and trust in Him alone for salvation. And I, I want to talk just for a minute on this because I think it's very important. And I want you to listen to me very clearly. I think in our society, in our churches, we have a lot of people that have had an emotional conversion. They've had an emotional convert. Yes, I'm going to tell you, the Bible says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And so there's times that we experience the presence of the Lord. And listen, you don't have to be saved to experience the presence of God. You don't have to be what's considered a holy saint to experience the presence of God. God wants to encounter you. Each and every one of us. He wants us to experience himself, his presence, his power, his majesty. I mean, he wants us to have an encounter with him. And even if we are not saved, God will give us those encounters. Listen, because his kindness leads to repentance. He's draw, He's saying, taste of the Lord and see that I am good. Are you following me? And so what we have so many times is because we had a goosebump, or a snot bubble or a tear or we raised a hand one time and we relate that moment to our conversion. That is not conversion. That is experience of God's presence. What conversion is is realizing is that This loving God, it brings us to number four is this, is that the fear of God involves recognizing that he is angry about sin. I didn't say that God is angry with you. I say that God is angry with sin. God hates sin. Sin is what separated us from a relationship with him. For one man's sin and brought death into the world. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so listen to me. That our our fear of the Lord, our being in awe of Him is, is an understanding that to be saved, to be a believer... Is more than sitting in a church service. It's more than a goosebump. It's more than listening to k Love. It's more than you know elevation being part of your YouTube channel. It's 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 more than that. It's more than the big guy upstairs. What we have to understand is that we were born into sin, and because of that sin, we have been separated from God. And because we are separated from God, if we continue to live that way, then we're going to live in eternity that way. And that's, I know that hell is going to be, I mean, that, that devil's hell that God created for a judgment upon Satan and all that followed him, I know that's going to be a place of, of Bible says, gnashing of teeth. I, mean, I Listen, I, I'm not just making sense, I'm just telling you about what Scripture says. But I've wondered sometimes is, if Jesus, what makes heaven heaven, then being without Jesus, what makes hell hell? But he provided a way. He provided a way. That he sent his one and only son. That whoever believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life have everlasting life. And so the fear of the Lord is understanding that unless I come to a place that says, unless I confess the Lord as my Savior, unless I live out this life with Him being my Lord, then I, I, don't, I don't have that reverent fear of the Lord, of that being an awe in awe and what He's done for us. And so, we know that Adam and Eve sinned, they brought sin into the world, and because of that, once you have been born of that natural birth into this world, you're born into a place of sin. And that's, that's the bad news, right? That's the negative. The negative is, if we continue to live that way and we live in that sin, then the wages of sin is death. Death. But I'm grateful for the butts of the Bible. But that He provided a way. He gave us His Son. And so this morning, I don't know why this is heavy on my heart or why I want to emphasize this or land here, but as we look through Proverbs, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to see a lot of neat things and a lot of things to apply to our life. But it's important to me as a shepherd and a pastor that you not sat un- under what I preach at Itchy and every week and only be an emotional convert. But the Lord Jesus really be your Lord. And all the scripture simply says is that we confess our sin, he is just and able to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And whenever we pray that prayer and we come into this life of faith, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. It doesn't mean that we're not going to fall short sometimes. But thanks be to the grace of God. I said thanks to the grace of God, His mercy, that we know that we can walk in His forgiveness and walk in His love i want to ask you to stand this morning if you would. Thanks for tuning in to the Odessa First
0: Assembly podcast. If you've enjoyed today's message, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media for updates and inspirational content throughout the week. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Odessa First AG. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our Sunday morning services at 10.30 a.m. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Church Online. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Odessa First Assembly Podcast.